Hey kids, Mandy here, and I wanted to personally invite you to join me for Cincinnati Song Initiative's first ever Fellowship of the Song, happening May 20th through 25th. In addition to a week full of amazing concerts, song workshops, and classes, I'll be leading some seriously fun study events on heartwarming topics such as murder ballads and exploring death through music and poetry. Should be a great time! (laughs) You can participate as an auditor, whether you come to Cincinnati in person or join remotely from your comfiest couch. And the best part is that all the week's events will be recorded for unlimited viewing through June 26th. So, what are you waiting for? Head to cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash audit to learn more about this groundbreaking new program for song. And I hope to see you in person or online. Someone was not prepared. You'd think, given all this time... Oh, are you, uh... You have samples on there? Oh, I have samples. Would you like to sample my goods? <laughs> I would love to sample the abundance of your goods. <laughs> oh, man. I'm bummed you didn't have your headphones on for that, because it's so bassy. <laughs> You are crazy. You're I right. sound like a like a disc jockey. What would you say if you were a disc jockey? Can I sample an abundance of your goods? <laughs> hey kids, and welcome to Follow the Leader with me, your host, Mandy Madrid Sigich. If you are a fan of the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And remember, if you like what we are doing on the podcast, tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies, because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. Don't forget, nerds, I am hosting another giveaway, and time is running out. I'll be giving away a copy of Dietrich Fischer Diskell's Book of Leader. All you have to do is write a review for the podcast and send a screenshot of your review to follow the leader podcast at gmail.com. I will be announcing the giveaway at our last episode of the season, which is the very next episode after this one. So you better hop to it. In fact, why don't you just take your little thingy, hit the pause button. Go write the review and then come right back. I promise I'll still be here. Okay, it's fingy time. <laughs> <laughs> Take that little fingy. <laughs> Hit the pause button. As you have now heard, joining us for today's penultimate episode of the season. That's right. We are nearly there, kids. Joining us is that stalwart of co-hosts, Brian Sikich. Hello, folks. Glad to be here. I'm really happy you're here, and I'm really happy that I have a bribe for you to be here because that always entails a more joyful and jovial (laughs) i I legitimately am a more willing participant when i know that there's there's a treat dangling in front of my little nose uh what do you think you're gonna choose for dinner tonight then well since i did promise dinner from anywhere in town anywhere in town anywhere that your little heart desires Uh, i mean i've sort of been my body feels like it needs something healthy just Mm. because you know, I've been traveling and woke, woke up that. hungover your, your and all that sort of stuff. What it needs. But part of me wants comfort. <laughs> and I don't know. Sushi, maybe? Italian? That uh, Petrini's was really good the other day. Oh. I don't want, I won't respond to anything because I don't want to affect Oh, you don't want to like, influence me? I want you to choose what's truly going to make your heart happy. And I don't want you to choose what you think. What you think. What you think. 
<laughs> what you think oh, might make I understand. me happy. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, like yeah, I no, want I you it. to choose what makes your heart happy. Okay. I'll uh, I'll mull it over okay. during if you if you but if don't I, mull too hard though because you're supposed to be paying attention to what I'm. Saying. I was going to say if I seem to not be paying attention, it's because I'm dreaming. There's just like food objects floating through my imagination. Oh my gosh, there's like hot dogs, pizza, <laughs> hamburger, okay. sushi roll. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all sounds delicious. Actually, there's this actually one. Greek food sounds pretty bomb too. Ooh, yum. Oof. There's a student that I teach, and uh, I always bring stickers with me, and he always chooses food stickers. So inevitably, like whenever we pull out his assignment book, we both get so hungry because it's just covered in the most like delicious food stickers. Are they scratch and sniff? <laughs> No, there were some scratch and sniff donut ones, but they smelled fruity, which I don't really want a fruity nah, donut. You know, like mm-mm. when I think of donut, I don't think of a fruity smell. So that was kind of like, that was a swing and a miss. But uh, yeah, we always get really hungry when we look at his assignment book. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. You ready to dive in? Yeah, both of us with our compromised voices. I know, we sound Listener, like Listener, I apologize to your, your beautiful little precious eardrums <laughs> in advance. I'm I'm nice and chesty and bassy, <laughs> and I'm sound. You I sound, sound like, like a, a seal. seal. Yeah, yeah, legitimately. <laughs> I uh, it is like ten thousand times better than it was like the last five days though. So <clears throat> hopefully it doesn't put any listeners off. Listen, I get it. If you can't hmm. you can't deal with it, then maybe just go ahead and download the transcripts. I was just kind of bummed that I missed the couple days where you were like on vocal rest. I can't tell if that was a dig or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was definitely a dig. But I, I just, truly, I just. All right, be sick. I got two sick tracks for you today. So let's get to it. As always, let us begin with a translation of the text. Moot! Courage! And... I'm not joking because the poem actually has an exclamation mark (laughs) in the title. Thus my interpretive reading. I didn't know if you were going to continue. And so I was just trying to like, you know, holster my laughter. (laughs) He did seem like a bit like not knowing how to respond. Uh, It caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie. All right. Start from the top. Yeah. yeah, Okay. 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 Once more. Once more. With, With the same amount of gusto. Moot. Courage. The snow flies in my face. I shake it off. If my heart in my breast speaks, I sing brightly and cheerfully. I hear not what it says to me, I have no ears. I feel not what it laments to me, lamenting is for fools. Lustily into the world I go, against wind and weather. Since there is no God on earth, we are ourselves gods. Brian. Congratulations! It's one of your favorite kind of songs. <laughs> you remember what kind those are? The 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 breast songs. The breast songs. Have we covered a breast? No, song? I just saw the word breast, and that's what I said. Um, I don't know. It's the short ones. Oh. In fact, it's so short that we <laughs> ah right ah tricky. It's so short that we are gonna take a little listen before we get into it. Love it. Okay. Der Schnee mir ins Gesicht, schüttelt mich herunter. Wenn mein Herz im Busen spricht, sing ich hell und munter. 
I feel like I feel like it's a, a different character altogether. I'm not gonna lie. I kinda always forget that this song exists. <laughs> it's even happened to me on stage before where I'm like really ready for the devastation of the previous song to continue. Like, yeah, let's grovel down there in the tragedy and drag our corpses to the conclusion. And then I turn the page and it's all flamboyant macho macho man type stuff, right? It always just kinda surprises me. It's a, it's a curveball for sure. It is. But the psychology here is understandable. He just got positively devastated by the events of the last song. The grave itself turned him away, said, nope, no way, goodbye. So this is an absolutely reactionary way of responding, right? He says, there's no place for me here. Fine. With a capital F-I-N-E. Snow flies in my face. I don't feel it. My heart sings cheerfully in the face of a blizzard. I can't hear it because I got no ears. If there's a lament, I don't care because lamenting's for dummies. He's just putting on a show. And, and I think we can hear that right away. It's almost as if the piano grabs us by the scruff of the neck and says, here, I'll show you how little I care. It's sort of, um, there's like a sense of defiance in it. Yeah, spite, I think spite and defiance, those are really good ways but, of putting but like, it. But like in a merry sort of way. Yeah, yes, yes. But here's the thing, the way that this is set also to me, it has a militaristic quality as if he's kind of summoning the troops for battle, right? Like the roll call includes all the greats, anger, fortitude, determination, spite. I think defiance is another good one. It's a fanfare celebrating the heroic efforts of the protagonist. And uh, actually, Ian Bostridge calls it a battle hymn, <laughs> which I quite like. That works. But really, you can hear maybe like a trumpet or a bugle call, something that's kind of brassy in uh, this little figure. Right? Those little guys are like a little trumpet or bugle up top. And then these are like uh, the cymbals or maybe some other kind of aggressive percussion. And then once again, all together, those elements sound like this. Oh, also, you can hear the trumpet kind of playing throughout the second half. You'll hear this little figurey guy. So that to me is just more of like 
<laughs> Why are you smiling at me? Because <laughs> I was miss- messing up the cues. I edited Maybe. that out for any of you who are confused about why this is funny to <laughs> Maybe Brian. He was struggling through like hitting the space bar multiple times. Yeah. Well, no, I think I put my I think I put my little examples out of order. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. When he talks about the snow flying in his face and just shaking it off, we can hear in both the vocal part and then the piano part what that sounds like. That's this. <laughs> is that from Muppets or something, or what? Is that Muppets Christmas Carol? Yes, or is yes. that, or is that like no, a chef? No, that's the Chef Muppet. Chef Muppet. Yeah, yeah. he's like in. <laughs> <laughs> My voice actually works really well to do it today. It's great. That's hilarious. That is not a dig on Tyler singing. It's just, <laughs> no, it's just the way it works out. Yeah. Apologies, Tyler. No okay, digs intended. So, uh, unless you're seeing the Swedish chef in your mind, we should actually be seeing uh, him like shaking the snow off of his face. Uh, and then the piano part kind of answers with the same type of figure. Love it. Can you hear it? Absolutely. No, you know, no, that's you why, can't that's why, that's you're why hearing, I said love hoody, hoody, it. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm seeing like just a little, just a little shake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but all of this, as Graham Johnson calls it, huffing and puffing really does seem put on. And I think we can see through the forced pyrotechnics. Throughout the song, you'll hear this waffling back and forth between minor and major. Wenn mein Herz im Busen spricht, I think that this is displaying the duality that exists within him. He is trying so hard to make us, and probably more importantly himself, believe that everything is a-okay, that he is not bothered by the snow, the cold, the lament in his heart, hence the major quality. But then on a dime, it quickly changes back to the minor. And this happens repeatedly throughout the song. I think it really clearly articulates the warring of his emotions. Much like on a macro scale, how the last song was tragic, and then this is heroic, and then the next song will be tragic again. We have that same type of warring and waffling, the name of my new album, perhaps. Waffling? (laughs) But no, warring and waffling. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) nice but here in the song we have it on a more micro scale right but it's cool that those two parallels exist between from song to song to song and then from key to key to key i think it's this is the first time that i've and maybe there have been other opportunities for this observation along the journey but you put it in the text here he's trying so hard to make us and probably more importantly himself believe that everything is a-okay and it's the first time that i've sort of realized that like he is not in communication with anyone else about this. Like there, there is a certain like persona that he, like we sort of see, like he, he holds an outward appearance that you kind of see through this whole thing. And like the way he communicates it and the way, like even the way the music communicates it, it's all like putting together what he's thinking and feeling and, and all of that. And this was the first time that it sort of feels like he might actually be considering us as the audience or, or us as like someone us as oh, an observer I see what you're saying. so like why does he feel like he has to put on this show i think he's 
I, I think for some it, reason... It almost seems as if he's aware that someone's along the journey with him. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, well, on some level, this exists because there is going to be an audience. And so right. kind of the illusion is making us believe that it isn't for an audience when in reality it, it is. But, right, the, but right. the, the traveler isn't aware of that. Right. But I do think that he is trying to convince himself because this is the last kind of uprising against reality that we have. You know, there's been various points along the way where he's kind of lashed out in anger. Um, And, you know, we've seen him grapple with all of these emotions, but this is the last time we have such a denial of of reality at such as it is. Mm-hmm. He wants so much to believe for a moment that he isn't like truly mortally wounded. In the in the last song he even talks about he talks about that the line is um in in Das Wirt's house he said when he looks around and he says are are all the the rooms occupied in this house? I am weary to the point of dropping. I am mortally wounded. So we we know that his road is leading towards an inevitable like death, but I think this song is the last kind of raised fifth fifth the last kind of raised fist i think graham johnson said that it's like a promethean rage when prometheus kind of raged against the gods before accepting his final fate Mm. um and yeah that that's what this this is and there is kind of an awareness like almost almost as if like oh can can he see us yeah and i think that's a really that's a really good point it's it's fun too to think about it in the context of like a performance and even like the you know it goes from just text on a page to the and the music on the page to then the the performer and the performer is aware of the audience and then the audience is aware of the performer mm-hmm. but then like the actual subject himself like the actual guy yeah, is alone like is alone but there is sort of that like weird it touches on like that weird part of like well maybe maybe he does know we're here you know <laughs> it's it's super weird yeah kind of what do they call that when uh, like a, a character in a TV show looks at the screen and address addresses you yeah what is it? it's ca- it's called something like breaking I got I gotta Google this it's called breaking the fourth wall oh really yes oh so there's a word for it. Yes, when a character acknowledges their fictionality by either yeah. indirectly or directly addressing the audience. That's kind of what I, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. perfect. And yeah. I'm glad that there's actually a, a, like a phrase. Yeah, culture. For the culture, Art. class, sophistication, <laughs> intelligence. Here's the thing. By the end of the song, I really do feel like it leaves us feeling that it was all forced. You know, mm. I don't really believe him. I don't really believe that he's fine, that he's, he is cheerfully and merrily, lustily going out into the world. Yeah, he's not good. No, exactly. Yeah. He's not good. And I think, if anything, this, this kind of outburst is evidence that he is not like, bro, look where you just were. And I think the proof that he really isn't is then where we end up mm. next. It almost borderline touches a little bit on like insanity. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think that that really plays into, you know, some people have kind of uh, played around with the idea that the very last song, Der Leiermann, might not necessarily mean death, but that it might mean insanity. The fact that he mm. sees this figure out there in the wilderness, um, that it means that he's lost his mind, which I mean, 
on some level isn't dying, lo- losing your mind. But uh, I think more literally the uh, idea of insanity is kind of hinted at by the fact that we have these moods that just mm. change so like from one extreme to the to the next gotta get and, our boy some meds right. <laughs> <laughs> and actually i should mention that this song so this poem when muller wrote uh the second set of 12 and he kind of like redid the order a bit he placed this one second to last but in Schubert's version, we have two more songs after this one, which ends with us feeling a bit more tragic, I think. And it feels a little bit more like a death instead of a losing of the mind, mm. <clears throat> which I feel like I chatted a bit about uh, with <laughs> Susan Ewan's <laughs> last oh, episode. <laughs> brush his shoulder. I know. I just like yeah. kind of like uh, dropping that uh, that name That's here fantastic. and there and everywhere. Why not? <laughs> one such should. a good episode. Um, all right. Shall we take one more listen to Moot before we move on? Absolutely. Okay. Fliegt der Schnee ins to turn to my absolute favorite song of the entire cycle but i feel like maybe i've said that before <laughs> many times have i actually though <laughs> um yes okay but this time oh, there's mistletoe i just saw it should we go make out <laughs> no i literally just saw it now right in the doorway oh, to our kitchen really it's so cute it's yeah. been up there since last week what yeah well, it's speaking l- of insanity, <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind. No, that's the first time I've seen it. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so are you going to kiss me or what? <laughs> okay. Let's. Wow. We've gone off the rails. Getting the train back on the tracks. Probably what the people are here for though. Uh, okay. So this time when I say it like that, it is my favorite. I really like extra mean it. This song wrecks me every goddamn time. Like, like, like emotionally, like yes. Okay, it's just the best. 
when you're performing and when you're hearing? Yes. Finishing this song feels like completing my life's work. Even if I'm just performing the song as like a one-off, you know, or if I'm performing the song in context of the cycle, it it is just so magnificent. So let's just let's just let's just get to it. Let's get okay. to the good bits. Uh, obviously, first we will begin with a translation of the text. Die Nebensonnen. The Mock Sons. Three suns saw I standing in the heavens. I have for a long time intently stared at them. And they also stand there so fixed as if they did not want to move away from me. Ah, my sons, you are not. Look then at others in the face. Yes, recently I also had three. Now the best two have gone down. If only the third would go down as well. It is better for me to be in darkness. This guy sounds like he's in outer space on, on some like planet with its own... Like, he, he is in it. And what the heck? What are we talking about here? Three sons? Do you know what he's talking about? I don't. Well, are you ready but for I'm, me to I'm science pretty sure, you? <laughs> pretty sure we're about to find out, listener. Buckle up. <laughs> I'm about to science you today, okay? Before we do that, though, um, some I just want to mention that some song interpreters have speculated that the three sons are the virtues, faith, hope, and love. I personally don't really buy that particular interpretation, but if you find yourself so inclined towards it, then by all means, have fun with that. Which actually just sounded kind of shady. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to cast any shade. Or maybe I did. Literally translated, Nebenzonen means beside sons or next to sons. We translate this idiomatically into English as phantom sons, sun dogs, or mock sons. And... What's a mock sun, you may ask? That intrigues me, but also what's a sun dog? <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same thing. Oh, okay. A sun dog is the, the dog we currently own who likes to sit and bathe in the... <laughs> <laughs> a sunning dog. Actually, that was more Czar's deal, wasn't it? When he just like... He was he into it. Worshipped the Basked. sun. All right. Here's where the science comes in. The scientific term for mock suns is parhelia. From the original Greek, meaning beside the sun. Parhelia, which is plural for parhelion, are atmospheric phenomena that occur when light is refracted by millions of hexagon-shaped ice crystals while they float through the air. Now, look, I'm not a scientist, but I'll explain that in a tad more detail for you. Imagine millions of tiny six-sided ice crystals floating through the air, laying sort of flat, which is exactly how I'd lay if I was an ice crystal. <laughs> <laughs> so the sun shines through these crystals and refracts. It gets bent, right? Causing the illusion of two extra mini suns to appear on either side of the actual sun. And the result is just so spectacular. So, poor listeners, you won't be able to see these right now, but just Google parhelia and see what images pop up. So, Brian, take a look at some of these. Oh, wow. 
Wait a second. Can you describe kind of what well, you're seeing? Well, so I've seen this one before where there's like a ring, like a hazy okay. ring around. Yes, this is a kind of this phenomenon, but, but specifically, specifically the mock has, suns yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are like, okay, it's so like, like look three, at this one. Look at this one. Three suns in a row. So there's the sun and it looks like, like a hazy ring around the sun, sort of like an orb. And then on either side of the sun, sort of like along the lines of the circle on, on each side, sort of like wings, there's little flares, like little sun... It looks like mini suns. Yeah, they look like little mini suns. It, it almost right? looks like if you were holding uh, a prism ball in front of the sun and you saw the outer edges mm-hmm. of the prism like sort of light up like little uh, they're they're circular. Look at this one. They're not perfect circles. But this like, one appears without the, the circle ring. around yeah, it. So they're it, just it, there. it truly just looks like there's three suns in the sky. Yeah. But the two outside ones are smaller. Yeah. And it's visible to the naked eye. Oh yeah. Because it's the sun. I mean, ideally, you'd be wearing <laughs> sunglasses. Ideally, but if you're me, you just kind of stare at the sun. Are there certain places where, like, would we ever see one of these in Santa Barbara? Or, like, I'm so glad so it's you based on that. location. Let me continue with the science part. Oh, please of this. do. Science me. A best seen when the sun is near the horizon, parhelia are most often observed in cold climates, which is why they are particularly common in the polar regions, though they can happen anywhere. And at any time of the year. Throughout the centuries, mock suns have been an inspiration to many a writer and are referred to in various sources. Aristotle makes note of them in his treatise on meteorology, saying that, quote, two mock suns rose with the sun and followed it all throughout the day until sunset. End quote. The parhelia also appeared at the famed Battle of Mortimer's Cross during the War of the Roses, which I actually just learned was called that because the badge of the warring factions, like they were each a rose and not because the individual sides were slapping each other <laughs> <the> roses, <laughs> which is what my junior high brain like assumed the first time I ever heard it. And I just never rewrote it once I learned it. I I don't know. Don't ask me. My brain has gone rogue at this Rose point. Rose pedal to the face. Slap. I don't make the rules. <laughs> like, but can't you just Get see, cut like, by this thorn. Like yeah. a, a pox upon thee and my rose in thy face. <laughs> that would be a sweet battle. Uh, okay. So, no. In fact. Wait, you keep calling it a badge. Is that like like a crest? Yeah. Like the, you know, the thing that they would like put on the other the banners and that kind of sure, thing. Like sure. Sure. Yeah. It was a symbol of yeah. each different side. Um so the badge of the Yorks was a white rose and the badge of the other side, the Lancastrians, was a red rose. At the Battle of Mortimer's Cross, um, the future King Edward was awaiting the Lancastrian army's arrival and a parhelion appeared and he claimed it as a good omen for the Yorks. So the implication was that Edward had divine approval as the heir to the throne. Be a damn shame if they lost the battle. <laughs> what did they? I don't know. No, I no, because I think he was Edward the Fourth. Didn't I just say that? Future king. Yes, Edward? future king. Yes. So he lost. No, he won. Oh, he was a York. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, good for him. Congra- congratulations. Uh, Shakespeare even dramatizes this event in Henry the Sixth, Part Three. And now I just know you've been dying to flex your acting muscles. So I thought we could enact this little scene of Shakespeare's. <laughs> you just blinked at me. <laughs> it was a slow blink. Like it was a, it was a blink where you oh blink and your eyes stay shut into like little flat slits. Sort of the okay, okay, annoyed okay. emoji. You can, you can handle this, trust me. So okay. you play the part of Edward and I'll play the part of Richard. 
Oh, wait. Edward is the one that loses. No, he's the one that wins. <sighs> okay, Sorry, so, and this. three, two, wait, what do they say in movies? Is it like three, two, one, action? Is that how it goes? Scene. No, that's no, the light, end. camera, action. I feel like I should have known that. <laughs> and action. So I'm reading as Edward. Yes. Do people need to know that? Yeah, no, you're Edward. They already know because they're paying better attention than you are. I'm Edward and I'm about to say these things. <laughs> <laughs> Dazzle mine eyes or do I see three suns? Three glorious suns, each one a perfect sun, not separated with the racking clouds, but severed in a pale, clear, shining sky. I've never acted, uh, you know, opposite a seal before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was the scene. Oh, scene. Shakespeare, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Clap, 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 clap. Okay, and then, of course, what brings us here today is the fact that we have mention of a parkelion in our song, Die Nebenzonen. It's interesting, right? Because this is not the first visual phenomenon that Wilhelm Müller makes reference to in the cycle. Right? You remember? <laughs> What's the other one? Do you remember? Think, think, The, think, think. the gaslight uh, yes. coming up from the... The swamps? Yes, das Irlicht, right? He's following this will-o'-the-wisp. Will-o'-the-wisp, that's, that's yes. it. Yes, and that's like a phenomenon that involves like, mm-hmm. yeah, the natural forces at work and we see a light and then we follow it. But back then they didn't really know what it was. Uh, same thing with the parhelion. Uh, the romantics of the 19th century were very intensely fascinated with optical effects. And Ian Bostridge has postulated that this might be because there was no adequate scientific explanation for them at the time. It seems there was something very appealing about the subjectivity to be explored through the mysterious or unexplained. I mean, just imagine... You're a human in the 1700s and you look up in the sky and you see three suns. What the heck? How would you make sense of that? Scientists did not understand what was going on with this phenomenon until 1845, after Schubert's and Müller's deaths, when a paper entitled Note on Parhelia at the Same Altitude as the Sun by August Brevet was published. Creative title. Right? (laughs) I don't really know how he figured it out, but congratulations to him. While his paper may have ended the mystery surrounding the optical effect, it's still a stunning one-of-a-kind phenomenon to behold, which, as I've said, I've actually never seen in person, so I would definitely add that to the list of things to see once I gain enough energy to get off the sofa. Wait, and the ice crystals are in the atmosphere, to be correct, right? Correct. Gotcha. Where else would they be? I don't know. Great. (laughs) Sorted that out. (laughs) Schubert's setting of the poem, wow, my voice really cracked there. Schubert's setting of the poem is also a one-of-a-kind experience. It is profound, sublime, foreboding, solemn, haunting, somber, and brave. Our traveler is bone-weary. The ravages of his psychological torment have taken their toll. The fake bravado of the previous song has crumbled, and we see him here, basically at the end of all things to quote from lord of the rings was that a quote from lord of the rings and the end of all things is yes definitely from lord of the rings i just didn't see that you had put it in parentheses Uh, i did not put that in parentheses (laughs) i just said that because it came out of my brain (laughs) (laughs) the traveler gazes up into the sky and sees three suns fixed on him 
as if they do not want to leave him. But then, in a moment of despondent misery, he says, You are not my sons. Go, go away and stare at others. He laments that until recently he also had three sons in his life, but the best two have gone down. Now this has been the point of much discussion. What were the best two sons that he has mentioned? Well, one possible interpretation is that they could represent the eyes of his beloved, which, as we have learned along the way, are no longer his to gaze into. But we never really get an explicit answer to this question. In any case, I think the mock sons represent for him that which made life worth living, that which was the purpose of existence. And they are now gone, leaving him to say that he is better off in the darkness. Which, now, this is the truth, is my absolute favorite line of this entire song cycle. Im Dunkeln wird mir wohler sein. Any flickering flame of hope is completely obliterated. It is better for him to be in darkness. This song is just so effective, and I don't want to dissect it. It's a thing that almost feels perhaps too precious for me to pick apart, so we're just going to listen to the whole thing straight through. And I don't know if you remember, but this is actually the last song that I played at Guildhall. Like, ever. The very, very last song. And you were there for that Aww. recital. Do you remember it? Are you tearing up? Uh, I was for a moment, and then I was trying to remember it, and then I was getting it confused with the one recital that I flew in for where I fell asleep oh, in yeah. the airport in Iceland <laughs> and had to buy like a $600 flight just to get there in time for your recital. Oh, Different recital. That's hilarious. Though. Yeah, it was not this recital. So right. this, this um, I'm excited though to dive into. Do you feel like you loved it as much back then as you do now? Like, did it feel, or do you feel like your relationship with it has changed or deepened because of um, mm. the journey that you've had with it? Mm. I love this song just as much as ever. Um, but I, for the most part, don't feel like I'm, I'm there in the, like I'm living in the darkness there with him. Mm. Like I, I feel that when I sit down to play it and sing it um, and enjoy it, like I'll listen to it, you know, I feel that I can enjoy it as an astounding piece of art uh, and not as a reflection of my actual existence. Mm. But uh, I remember when I played it at that recital, I was in such a dark place in my life. I had truly like given up, mm. you know, and I related to him so hard that it was, I, I kind of felt like, like the darkness was closing in on me and like everything in my life, like my, my eyes, my, like were just being closed physically, emotionally, spiritually, like everything was just closing. And I was, I was welcoming and accepting of the darkness in that. Like I, I didn't need the sunlight anymore. I, I, I didn't need to see the next day. Uh, happy to say that is no longer the case. We've turned a corner <laughs> folks. Oh. Um, was that, was that the, the last time that I was mm -hmm. over there? Yeah. yeah. And I, that, that was a hard trip. I, 
I still can feel like the shadow of all of those feelings. It's very easy for me to like remember like that the physicality of that emotion in my body is very easy for me to remember that because it was so strong and so overwhelming. And and it's kind of interesting because I like having that perspective. I, I feel grateful for having learned and, and having come out the other side of that. I'm so, so, so grateful that I didn't stay there, that the darkness wasn't just the end for me. Uh, and so it's kind of almost like a measuring rod when I think back. Mm. I can, I always think about how, just how terribly I felt back then. And then I can compare, like, even sometimes some of my worst days now, I'll just remember back. I'll, I'll just remember and think, hey, at least I'm not, you know, <laughs> yeah. back there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that got real personal for a minute. But well, it was funny. I didn't I didn't want to just like like dive straight in, but I was wondering if you know I, I was almost tempted to ask if if a part of you, um, if the preciousness of it and not wanting to pick it apart is is almost like 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 wanting to to leave it as it is or wanting to leave that pre- preserve it a little bit mm, maybe mm-hmm. I, or or if there's maybe even some yeah some some trauma in there and some like just I don't know. Uh, perhaps there could be like an element of um trauma in it but i don't really think so i think this song for a while it was super painful and i couldn't listen to it couldn't couldn't Mm. play it like for a long time i didn't play the piano for a long time after i got back from london um a really long time uh but this has since become like balm you know the same same as with the the brahms or tot from fear and and i know you know that song um for a while couldn't couldn't listen uh just because I, you know, when I when I left London behind and, and left the music career behind, it just was, it was too much. It was too overwhelming because that was everything I had ever wanted. And so um, I needed some space to kind of like get past that a little bit. And of course, because I'm a true music nerd and I, I really do love it so much, I can't keep myself from it. So I'm, I'm really happy to have had a support system and a therapist and yeah. all that to help me kind of get to the point where now I can look back on all those memories and be like, Ooh, glad we survived that, but also be really, really truly grateful yeah. and, and have these songs back. Like I feel like I've been yeah. given all yeah. of this stuff back. All of these songs have now been given as a gift back to me. And that's kind of how I see this song now. Um, it, it, it's a gift and I just, um, I don't think it needs to be picked apart. So we're just going to take a listen to, to Tyler sing to well, my playing. I'm happy we're here. <laughs> I'm proud of you for getting to this point. Oh, like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's okay. You can cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Like how much of our life is like built in to this whole, this whole song cycle. It's crazy. Yeah. It truly, it truly is. I've like flown across the world to like hear you perform this or, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And now here we are on our couch. (laughs) Having a great time. Having a great old time. (laughs) Uh, No, I appreciate your, your vulnerability and, and that's just, that's really sweet. And I, I love you so much and I'm so thankful you've been here. And I know the listeners are so thankful that you've been here. Like no one else would have known, you know, known to kind of probe into that a little bit and and pull that discussion out and so I'm, I'm really glad that you were here to to help facilitate that opportunity and and hopefully the listeners i don't know enjoy question mark it 
So you should just give them time because we're like, if you just want to skip that 10 minute part at the end where <laughs> Brian and Mandy just talk about themselves. And then Brian cries like a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's here's the, the skip chapter button. <laughs> We'll give you time to recover as Salt we listen, or maybe it will. Make I'm you just worse. gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep crying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. get you a Kleenex. Here we go. That's nice. It feels sacred. Hmm. You know, Schubert had this really beautiful way of finding such uh, earnest authenticity and devotion. Yeah, I feel like this song is just sacred. 
and I don't, I don't know, maybe that's just because of my experience with it, but <clears throat> when you get to this point in the cycle and then the song finishes, you are, you are truly aware that you've just experienced something that is, feels otherworldly. It feels like you're not even on this planet anymore. As soon as this one started, I had this image of you, and I don't know if I'm like reading into a memory of that exact performance mm. or just another one, but I've I've seen you before, like almost like your whole body will just like sink in, mm-hmm. slump into a, into a chord. And I don't mean slump in like a frumpy way. I mean it literally like, yeah. and it wasn't until the second page that I saw, I saw your word lean mm. and I didn't, I didn't know what that what that necessarily meant yeah because you're looking at my actual score i'm that looking I at your actual off. score yeah. that you play off of and i also didn't see i didn't see the first lean here right at the beginning mm-hmm. but literally that was my first visual of you is like mm-hmm. because I, I know where the song goes even even some spots where you'll like stretch it out just a little bit and, and you just feel like the weight of you sinking into yeah. one of these chords um and it does feel just so heavy is the right word like yes heavy yeah um because i'm sure that like even when i saw you play mm-hmm. this for the last mm-hmm. time like i mean i was i was right there with you in it all mm-hmm. and it was heavy like yeah um but it's so crazy how like i don't think i necessarily realized the weight of it in the actual uh text itself either like i haven't mm-hmm. just done uh you know a, a breakdown right, right, of the right, song right. you yeah, know yeah yeah, it's just wild that like I was there with you in the weight of it, but like for for other like life reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the song just hits whether you know what the <laughs> words mean or not. You know. Yeah. You, now you know what I mean when I say like this song wrecks yeah. me every time. Yeah. I, I think there's a world weariness about it. Like a, it's so heavy yeah. laden, um, and you know, two songs ago he was rejected by the grave, and now it's like I almost feel like he has to use like his arms to pick up his legs and then like one arm to pick up the you know that he is carrying around this mortal wound technically speaking i try to lean into the keys as much as i can almost as if i'm propping myself up like i if i tried to stand up i would not be able to i would have to lean on something yeah you're literally like putting your weight into your hand you're literally just like crumpling into the piano it almost feels or looks like yeah yeah, and that's um, and I, and definitely. And I do have such just a vivid yeah. recollection of of mm. you playing. That's this. really cool. That's yeah. that's actually really cool feedback, because um, I don't actually ask for feedback anymore from anyone, <laughs> <laughs> because I got enough of that when I was in school. <laughs> Wait, does this mean I get two treats now? <laughs> uh, you want to pick up dessert too? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I this song is like I said, it's it's sacred and. Um, I'm just so glad that you were here to share it. Listeners, I really hope that you enjoyed that. I think this probably for me stands above so many other. I I love all of Schubert, obviously, as we all know. I've been gabbing about it nonstop for years. And in particular, this song cycle now for almost a year. And um, this song probably more than any other uh, is something I'm just so, so very pleased to share uh, with the listeners, with you, Brian, here before me with tears still in your eyes. <laughs> I'm mostly dry now, but my face is very salty. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate your, your time invested here. Yeah. Um, even though I do have to bribe you from time to time. It's, it's a must. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you just can't get enough Vinterreise in your life, then you might want to try singing Moot. 
Die Nebensonnen with me. You can find me on YouTube as Mandy Madrid Sikich. Click on the Winterreise playlist and start singing. Remember that Follow the Leader can be found in all the usual podcasty places. And please, if you like what you hear, leave a review. It's honestly the best way you can support the podcast. Follow the Leader is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at leadernerd. That's at L-I-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-D. See you later, nerds! Or, 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 or. Wait, did you decide what you want for dinner? song was playing i took the opportunity to go <clears throat> coat my throat with some honey so perhaps i will not be assaulting the ears of our listeners too badly for this next section <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing just because that was so ridiculous <laughs> no one needed to know that <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right mm. but i just wanted the listeners to know that i am thinking about them as I'm barking my way through this, <laughs> you should put um, a seal emoji in the in the like the episode the description. Notes. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will. Or just a, a meme or a gif of like a seal barking. If you love this podcast, then you'll love the Song Cycle podcast, also by Cincinnati Song Initiative. Song Cycle introduces the coolest and awesomest leaders of the song world today, and dives into getting to know them and their unique stories where they think song in the 21st century is headed, and lots of other great topics. If you're looking for your next source of inspiration as you continue on your own musical journey as a song lover, look no further than Song Cycle with me, your host, Sam Martin. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation.